ready. You're going to want to put on your tinfoil hat for this one. It's Mikey J on KGUP Presents. Mothers, lock up your daughters. It's time to see Mikey J. Mikey J. Are you fucking with me? We're dealing with one sick son of a bitch. Post himself, the Mr. Grind and Shine, the great primetime 99, the one and only Alex Stein. <laughs> What's up, my guy? I'm dead! David Weiss, because he's kind of like the most respected person in the community. And, uh, I don't know about that. It might have the loudest mouth, but that's about <laughs> it. How you doing? I'm Mikey Jane. You're tuned into another edition of KGP Presents. This is episode 57. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you haven't already done so, uh, please smash that like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and Rockfin. If you're an audio listener, please leave a five-star review. And if you love this show, you know, it does help my ratings. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I don't make a single dime on this show. It's It's weird. Uh, ever since I cashed out my Anchor.fm advertisement money, I, I haven't made a single cent uh, doing this show. Thankfully, I get some revenue from my radio station, I mean, from uh, our sponsors. Uh, it's not a lot. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, I never really talk about my radio station. Uh, I, I just I just never think about it. I, I think about what I do and the, you know, the, the guests and the conspiracy stuff. Uh, if you like music and it that sounds kind of mainstream, but you hate mainstream artists like I do, uh, you should check out KGP FM Emerge Radio. Uh, you can listen to the stream anytime. It runs 24 hours a day. And uh, all these artists you hear are independent. So most of these artists are like me. I mean, they don't make much money, uh, but they're awesome. Uh, we have artists like Conspiracy Music Guru, Ed Rowley, the theme song from Conspiracy Castle, uh, Chief Crow and the Flat Earth Worms, Cold Beats, Flat Earth Boy, and so much more. Uh, so check it out. Uh, let me know what you think. And if you have a suggestion or you know of an artist that would be great for the platform, let me know in the comments or you can email me at info at kgp1065.com. Or you can go to the website and message me on our contact page at www.kgp1065.com. And you can listen to the stream there. Or check out our playlist. I'm not a big fan of like Spotify. It just I just refuse to give my money. All right, so onto the show uh, for this episode. I have a guest. Uh, I was a guest on Deborah Gets Red Pilled. If you've ever heard of them, uh, you can find uh, more of DGRP on our website under KGP recommendations. It's on the front page. Just scroll down and you'll you'll find them. And uh, basically, I was invited to talk about the education system because, uh, you know, I've been working in, in education for about six years, uh, maybe more. I don't know. Uh, while I was working in the field, that's when I discovered that the earth was flat and I woke up to all the deceptions. And then my wife and I were, were off to Texas. And uh, it's crazy to, to look back on everything now. And it's been you know, going on three years. And I'm so glad I'm not in that insane state or any state 
like New York or California. All right, so next week I will have Moral Bob of Hidden in Plain Sight on this show in which uh, I really wanted to have a discussion about Tartaria because i just been in this like deep cavern of, of this topic lately. My, my friend at work, I mean, he and I had just been talking about Tartaria a lot lately. And, uh, <laughs> you know, thankfully I have someone like him to, to talk to because I, I would just go insane if I wasn't able to, to speak my mind on these, these certain issues. Anyway, so without further ado, let's, uh, here's the episode. I hope you enjoy it and make sure you support their podcast. Uh, look them up on your their platform, your choice. Uh, they're called Deborah gets red pill, red pilled. Uh, and I, I have a discussion with Adam and Deborah and, uh, they have great guests and they talk about real issues. So, um, I appreciate you supporting my show and, and, and if you want to support it financially, uh, you can join my Patreon. You can join for as little as $3 a month. I mean, it's like nothing. I know a lot of us truthers, we have subscriptions to multiple platforms so i get it if you can't afford it i mean it's not a big deal um i don't like to badger people about you know giving me money it's like it's not why i do this i just want to get out information i want to educate i want to explore and i want to have discussions with people that i can't normally talk talk to in my normal life which is why i do this you know so i hope you enjoy it and again this is mikey j and uh, I'll, I'll see you again later all right, guys, welcome to the show. This is Deborah Gets Red Pilled, episode 155. I am here with Deborah. It is October 6th in the year 2022. Hard to believe, but. Yeah, we're moving, we're moving right along. We're getting into fall, and it's uh, hot as balls here. It's hot here too today. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been warm and dry. I'm looking forward to a little bit of rain. I know I'll be uh, eating those words in a few months, but um, yeah, we're at that weird spot, you know, in the 40s in the morning, and then it's in the 80s in the afternoon. So heat in the morning, AC in the afternoon. I uh, well, what have you been up to? I think I know the answer, but let's hear hear it from your mouth. Okay, today, today was a gym day. Got home from the gym, grabbed my dog. What did you work? Glutes? Um, Traps? Kind of everything. Buys? Everything, yeah. Curls, curls for the girls. Curls for the girls. Um, yep. Uh, planks for the uh, yanks. Yanks. And uh, et cetera. And yeah. Then Cubby and I went out, had a very nice walk along Gibberon along the bay and came home did a little yard work got all the debris out of my hair from trimming vines and here i am fantastic it was a good day yeah, so I, went far. Out, I went out cut a bunch of firewood and then i uh it was a chainsaw day did a, cut a bunch of limbs off the trees uh-huh. a chicken run and uh and then went out in the workshop and worked on a workbench uh-huh. so yeah we got you know this we had got eight new little hens so we got rid of eight old ones drove them down gave them to some mexican guy and then the next day yesterday we went and got uh eight more eight new ones so they're about five months old i don't know if some of them might be laying 
but I don't know if they are or not yet, but they're good ones. I'm excited. Uh -huh. Are they a, a typical, a, a breed, a particular breed that you like or? Well, they are, both of them are um, some, they're crosses. So uh -huh. they're a cross between the white leghorn and the Rhode Island red. Uh -huh. So one is called Issa Brown, like I-S-A Brown. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones are Novigen. So they're both supposed to be pretty prolific layers, 300 okay. plus eggs a year. So wow. okay. that's what we're looking for. Short production life, two years or so, but high production. So uh. yeah. Alrighty. And um, yeah, they've been... Uh, it's hard to get them to trained into uh, going into the chicken coop because they got to like go in a door and then they got to go up a ladder once they get in the door. So these ones have been roosting out in a tree. And that was the first night I brought them in. And uh, the second last night it was, they were too high up and the tree was all like had branches all the way down and it was overgrown. So today I got in there with the saw, cut all the branches out so they won't be able to like hop up the branches to get oh, up there and roost. Uh -huh. And I'll probably keep an eye on it and yeah. take, and uh go out there like right before the sun goes down and try to catch them and, and put them in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what we did for uh, the last little ones we got and they, they sleep in there every night. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, we have two, two of our original flock left and then uh, one rooster, five of the other ones we bought midsummer and then these new eight. So piggies are doing good. Sheep are uh, out in the pasture. I've been kind of, haven't been paying much attention to them i probably need to go out and spend some time with them but that's yeah, good it's warm here I'm trying to get my shop organized i kind of want to build a little wood shop out there yeah so yeah do some woodworking yeah i've always really enjoyed woodworking you know uh -huh. i uh, did wood shop in high school and you know wish it would have been something that i would have uh, pursued a little more it's one thing i actually really enjoy doing and um you know did you have a, a, a car shop also in your no, high school? All that was left was uh, they kind of had a home ec deal and wood shop. That was the only two like um, art, like uh, what do they call them? Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, Where yeah. it's your choice. Oh, electives. Electives. Yeah, that was like uh, only two um, in like not industrial, but uh vocational arts that they had uh -huh. at my school left they had the remnants of an old auto body shop but they didn't uh teach it so yeah our our teacher looked like uh have you ever do you ever watch uh, beavis and butthead and see like the hippie the hippie teacher mr van Driesen? that's no. what our wood shop teacher looked like but in uh -huh. like bob but in bob vila clothes so um but yeah other than that guys we are a value for value show so anything that you want to donate to the show um time talent treasure we really appreciate and some people have sent me some really kind emails that i haven't gotten back to yet but i have read them um offering me a few services that aren't money but things that they want to gift me that uh like the someone who's a nutritionist um, sent me an email and I've read it and I just haven't got back to you yet. I really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll talk soon. They wanted to gift us some, uh, some nutrition 
um, consultations. So yeah, awesome. we might take them up on it. Yeah. And um, yeah, art, music, whatever. We might need, uh, maybe we need some new uh, intro and outro music. So if anybody uh, wants to uh, get anything going for us, we appreciate it. And of course, donations uh, in the monetary form are very much appreciated. Got a couple. Um, let's see if I can pull them up real fast. If I, and then once again, guys, if I'm forgetting, um, please just remind me, and I will, um, make sure that you are mentioned on the show. Uh, Tammy Jakes, um, who is a fantastic friend of the show and who has a new podcast called the Dirty Hands Podcast. Um, she gave us uh, twenty five dollars. John Satello gave us some money. Uh, CJ Preisendorfer. I'm not sure if I've uh, thanked all these people yet. Um, but yeah. Um, and then there might be some PayPal ones, but I'm not going to read those right now. I will. Thanks to all. And then, guys, we are brought to you by the Wise Wolf <laughs> Gold and Silver Exchange. So for all your gold, silver, crypto needs, uh, get a hold of Tony, our good friends, Tony Arterburn and Kenzie over there at Wise Wolf um, Gold and Silver Exchange. They have a storefront shop in Branson, Missouri. If you're in the area, go check them out in the Ozarks. And uh, you can also do everything um, online and over the phone. I think you call in, you talk directly to Kenzie and Tony. Tony's a great friend of the show. Fantastic um, podcaster um all around cool dude and uh i suggested to our friend buck johnson to get him on counterflow podcast and mm -hmm. he did and they uh went on there they gave me a shout out and they had a fantastic fantastic talk cool. both those guys kind of came from the same uh world of paleo conservatism in texas um they're both i think tony's a little bit younger than buck but like around the same time and they're all both fans of like 90s conspiracies like i reached out to buck and said i think this guy and you would have a great talk and they did so go listen to the newest uh counterflow with okay buck johnson and uh that goes for everybody not just you deborah had right. tony, tony arterburn on it and he kind of just talked about what he talked about to us and he's the kind of guy that can uh really break it down for you the problem with uh, fiat currency and he talks about sound money and then with a healthy dose of all that fun 90s conspiracy and uh it's great he uh he always makes the point that um fiat currency always goes to zero there's not one that's ever lasted so if you guys want to get your money out of uh these as he calls them luciferian bankster notes get a hold of those guys over there get some uh, physical gold and silver and um yeah they got all sorts of cool stuff so check them out and uh every time oh so to get there you go to um www Deborah gets redpilled.gold and uh, that will be in the show notes. And if you go there and you do business with them, that's our affiliate link. We'll get a little kickback from there. So it's pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got physical silver a little bit, but not very much. Uh huh. And uh, I don't have any money anymore. So it's hard to uh, convince the one with the money to, you know, buy stuff, but she's been pretty good about it lately. And, um, I've been turning a lot of our money into tools and stuff like that. That's going to last. And um, while the dollar still has a little bit of buying power, I suggest that's what, what everybody does. So. 
Shoosh. What do you just, think? Just that the thought that our whole currency could just explode evaporate. and evaporate yeah well the good news is when that happens we will have the uh central bank digital currency we'll have crypto from the government that they uh have total complete control over what could go wrong you know <laughs> maxine waters has recently said that we need are you friend, uh, familiar with maxine waters i know who she is yeah. yeah she's one of those uh people that you know she's like the nancy pelosi of south central los angeles you know like has just been there forever been in congress or whatever she is for forever probably doesn't get voted for anymore she's just there you know or people just vote for her because they know her name and uh yeah she says we need that cbdc more than ever too because we need to her explanation of it is we need cbdc to keep up with china <laughs> yeah i don't i don't get the connection but okay yeah do we need to uh make uh some uh concentration camps and put put our muslim population in it to keep up with china as well or what you know who knows um yeah have you uh heard about any of this stuff with the uh nord nord stream or as kareen as the press secretary calls it the nordstrom pipeline no you haven't heard about it no it's a big pipeline russian oil pipeline that goes from russia to germany uh -huh. that uh that blew up suspiciously mm -hmm. and um uh, strangely enough there's there's video of joe biden from earlier in the summer or in the springtime talking about how if they try to use the Nord stream pipeline that they won't be able to and so he says it in a, in a press conference and one of the people in the press corps asks, well, how would you, how would you shut that down? Because it's in Germany's control. And he goes, he just says, well, believe me, we'll be able to do it. That's all he says. And so it mysteriously blows up a couple months later and uh, we're blaming Russia for it. Uh -huh. They're saying that they sabotaged their own thing when they could have just turned it off on their end. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I don't know if they tell you that they're going to do it and then it's done and then they then try to gotta... blame somebody and Victoria Newland said they do the same thing. So she's a horrible swamp creature and uh, responsible for uh, the, Ira the Iraq war and the, the coup in Ukraine in 2014. So these people, uh, 2014 installed their their people that they want there they've got this guy uh Zelensky in there now and we're just uh giving them so much money florida's underwater and in a bad way and we're just giving giving money mm -hmm. to the ukraine mm -hmm. and uh yeah i call it the ukraine people get mad when you do that i guess but i also say kiev which is a no-no word now too. You have to say Kiev. Kiev. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess they came up with, they, they just passed some uh, some bill to give a bunch of money to Florida. And like in, in the bill was just that they're, they wrote in that they need, that they're giving more money to Ukraine, the Ukraine. 
in the in the Florida bailout bill. <laughs> it's like twice as much money to Ukraine than they're, they're giving Florida. <sighs> Insane, Deborah. We're flirting with with uh, a two front nuclear war with China and and Russia. It's scary. It is very. I, I mean, scary. I'm not I'm not scared because I don't I don't think there are nuclear weapons, but it just seems like, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing it. Like, why? Yes. Yeah. What's the point? Like, is it is is uh, what? You know, most people, if you ask them, why do you, why are we um, flirting with nuclear war with with Russia for? They won't ask you, but they'll say that they they support it. You know. Did I hear you correctly say you don't think there are nuclear weapons? I think it's uh, I think it's questionable. Yeah. Hmm. So I think there's there's a whole bunch of conspiracies around that. So. Could be real. A lot of people think that like Hiroshima and Nagasaki were just massively firebombed. Hmm. People people moved back in there like the next week and we're fine. Huh. Yeah. There's a bunch of old uh like nuclear physicists and stuff who would like drink like nuclear reactor water and like go swimming in it and stuff like that. Like, yeah where where's where can i look this up um probably not youtube anymore it used to be on there you just got to find some some places yeah go to, go to bit shoot go to odyssey check it out you know huh that was a uh that was a fun episode we did on on kurt cobain huh yeah you liked it yeah i did i did why does um his name just flew out of my head why does he like to be in the dark oh chris graves yeah i think it's because i think he has a bad internet connection so i think he goes and he records in his car i think he uses like the 5g in his car or something like that so okay yeah, yeah. No, that was good that was really good and i um you know i just when we were done i went and looked up more stuff about courtney there's very little about yeah. any of her nefarious behavior yeah i've been you know, uh, i didn't do a deep dive but yeah i was surprised yeah it's, uh, it's hard to find anything like that nowadays especially if you're using the major search engines yeah. like google so it's uh there's there's that guy john potash that they that we talked about on there and i found his website i tried to send him an email today but it was like one of those like email things where you like put in your name and then write your message and then have to do the little captcha thing and then send it, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't send. So I'm going to keep trying to reach out to him. Mm. So if anybody listens to the show has an in with him, I would love to talk to him. And, uh, and um, yeah, I want to still want to go back and listen to that tinfoil hat with, uh, yeah, with him on it. It's, it's really entertaining, but um yeah, we've got some, uh, I've been talking with some people to go to do some Halloween oriented stuff, some more spooky stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was asking you about today. Oh, okay. And um, yeah. Cool. You've, uh, you like talking about 
paranormal stuff it seems like because you talk you've been talking more you'd like talking with julia about that uh-huh. stuff and uh-huh. then like you like music stuff too right right i do cool I... that's good to know yeah so we'll ch- we'll keep chasing this, this and, and story weird yeah weird murder stuff serial killers serial killers yeah. i tell you you know, we were talking about pig farm, the pig farm at Picked one and point. Pig farm, yeah. And uh, um, I listened to the book, the, the whole book, farm. all uh-huh. twenty-five hours. Twenty-five hours. Yeah, I and did too. It was. Um, I, I kind of got down in the dumps just because it's such heavy material. But I loved how um, so much of it was about the women. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I digress, but that's just yeah, in my I mean, head. I was listening to that thing and it's just like, it's, I'm, it's really uh, thoughtful and good that she puts that much time into like talking about every one of those women who went missing mm-hmm. and like their history and finding their schoolmates and stuff. Yeah. But it's like, at one point I'm like, is every woman in British Columbia a prostitute? <laughs> it's like, is every woman addicted to crack and like every guy, like a, a drug addict who beats women? Like, this is insane, you know? Yeah, it's like, because you're so immersed in it for a long period of time, you think that's the whole world. Yeah, and it's, it's what I'm going to say here might sound a little off, but it's it's strange because where we're at especially where you're at a lot of times the prostitutes and the people on the outskirts of society don't necessarily look like us if you know what i mean right and then in canada everybody kind of looks the same besides the the native women uh-huh so i remember like one time i went to like downtown sacramento after I'd been, and I'd been living in Oak in East Oakland, which is like a pretty gnarly area. That's, you know, it was like at, at the time, I don't think it is anymore, but it was like, you know, heavily um, African-American. And then I went to downtown Sacramento and it's like a real gnarly, gross place. But like, there was like homeless white people. And I was like, wow, this is really strange. You know, I'm not used to this. So. We have a lot of homeless white people. In San Francisco. But not, not in Oakland, huh? No, there, there weren't. Huh? That's interesting. No. I mean, there, there wasn't gigantic, you know, mile long camps. Yeah. Like there of, are now. Yeah. So there wasn't like mobile homes and stuff uh-huh. like that, you know, it was just a lot yeah. of like kind of crackhead people. So, but yeah, I was hoping for, um, I don't know. I think it would be really hard. We were going to do an episode on that, on that case. I think it would be pretty hard to find out um it definitely seemed like there was some uh some connection between the police and them to be able to get away with that for so long after like for known about. so long and and having all the information that they had over the years and yeah yeah it was just strange he like had like stabbed some woman well, he'd like put her in handcuffs and stabbed her and like nothing happened to him. Yeah. 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 Pretty weird. 
so yeah we're talking about the picton pig farm guys which was like a big farm and uh, it was like uh it wasn't a big farm it, i i hadn't really researched much of it and uh then i heard that story and it's just um about this guy who killed all these prostitutes in uh in british columbia and, and um they didn't do a thing they they refused to even accept that it was perhaps a serial killer in their midst yeah mids miss mid, i can't say it midst. midst yeah yeah and it also seemed like he probably wasn't the only he wasn't acting alone you know um i mean at least his brother had to be have been involved yeah but they had like all those drifters in and out of their farm and stuff like that like bad bad people bad people um there's evidently a a serial killer in san jose area right now really Mm -hmm. what's their uh mo modus operandi Um, for those it's just killing men a bunch of men have been found i have like uh gay dudes or not that i I don't think so. I think it's just kind of random, but I, you know, just regular men. I I have not looked into it enough. Bros? Are they Mexican? Are they? I'll I'll let you know. I'll. What's the body count at? Uh, six. Six over Mm -hmm. how long? Over a few months. And then how they connected them? They both murdered the same way. I think so. I like I say, I haven't really looked into it i just saw a headline on the news how they've been murdered have they been uh blood blood force trauma i i believe guns okay i believe they've been shot hmm interesting yeah and they're calling it yeah they well they may not have used that particular word but they're saying that there's connection to all of this and perhaps it is interesting do they have a name for him yet not yet it's names are the fun parts <laughs> did um what's his name the guy who's all over the news again now because that they just did the other tv show i think you watched it on netflix um from milwaukee uh, oh jeffrey dahmer jeffrey dahmer what did they did he have a nickname before they because they didn't know about him at all they didn't know that those murders were connected. Say that again, sorry. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer never had a, a nickname because they didn't know that there was a body count at all. Yeah. Until he got busted. Interesting. And, they, and looked in the fridge. Yeah. Did they show in that series? You watched the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. did they show in it the time when the little filipino 14 year old got away and the cops just like sent him back brought him back yes <laughs> yeah yeah because he was so you know drugged that yeah. he he couldn't you know speak up for himself and say don't take me back this guy's gonna kill me terrible it is terrible but uh yeah i guess um netflix had that listed in like the you know how like we go to netflix and it's like celebrate black voices and they have like all those like listed they had they had they did that but for lgbtq plus aa 
and then they got all mad at it. Well, yeah. But I mean, that is a major part of that story. Well, it is, but it's not something to celebrate. No, it definitely isn't something to celebrate. But, Jesus. But it can't be ignored, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's real. I, you know, even though I watched the whole thing, I was mad at myself for doing that because it just did bring um, him back into the forefront again, into the light. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh I started watching the first episode and it was just like right out of the gate super duper gay and like made me a little uncomfortable. I didn't really want to watch it, you know. So I know I know the story pretty well. Yeah. Did was it good? Did it get is it pretty gross? Um yeah, it's gross. It's I mean, you know, it wasn't uh there's a word gratuitous, but you know, I, I just, there's nothing to learn from another movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. You know, not that I don't enjoy watching, you know, movies about pretend serial killers over and over again, but. Yeah. A couple of years ago, they came out with one that was about him as like a teenager. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, I watched a little bit of that one. I didn't watch it all the way through. So. Was that my friend Jeffrey? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, his his high school buddy who made a comic book, I think, about him. Yeah. And then they turned it into a movie. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I got a uh, invite to our guest. I'm just trying to text back and forth with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he thinks we're doing it at a different time, but um he says he's got the invite and we are ready to go with him so hopefully so you've uh, mentioned in the past that you wanted to do some stuff about child psychology what's going on with kids these days mm-hmm. we did that tra- episode with travis Matier. that was pretty good uh-huh and um i heard a guest on a different show who mentioned that he was like a school public school administrator Uh i reached out to him and asked him if he wanted to come on to tell you about what's going on in public schools yeah because i don't know if you understand fully the extent of it and i don't know if i do either because i don't have children Mm -hmm. most of the people i know that have children don't send them public school or school in general Uh uh-huh and uh yeah, it'd be interesting. It's going to be interesting to hear yeah. what uh, they have to say about it. And um, yeah, so let's um, let's pause and we'll wait to see if he's going to come on soon, and then we'll get back with you in a second. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, guys, we're back with our guest today, who is Mikey J from KGUP Presents podcast. And um, I first heard him on one of the Monday Night Master Debaters podcasts, I believe. And you mentioned on there that you were an employee of the uh, like the school district for for public schools. And um, I was, I knew Deborah had said that she wanted to do stuff on child psychology and kind of learn about what kids are going through these days. And I thought, who better to uh, 
hear about it than from someone who has seen it up close and personal as an awake person. And uh, it's uh, probably, there's probably not very many of you, but um, welcome to the show, dude. Uh, we're really happy to have you here and we're really interested in what you're going to talk to us about. So um, we tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your show and your, your little um, quest for knowledge. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. And thank you, Deborah, for having me on here. I, I've been listening to your show for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard you on a few podcasts, but I never really found your, your show until recently. And so I, I just uh, been listening to you guys nonstop. So I appreciate it. Right on. Um, well, basically I started podcasting probably like, I feel like an old timer, 2009. Wow. And, wow. And, yeah. But it was like a totally different format. I was, you know, very asleep, very much a part of the whole, you know, woke culture, but, you know, 10 years ago. And, and you were uh, in uh, Southern California, right? Yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, I actually moved there to pursue my, you know, goals of becoming a journalist and getting into, um, you know, radio broadcasting. I, I took several, um, you know, classes in, in both both fields and got into entertainment law, uh, that kind of stuff for about three years. I took entertainment law and uh, <clears throat> went to university went into like, you know, music management and just realized it was just a big bust. I mean, entertainment is just a, a horrible field to, to work in. And I kind of got out of it. And then 2014, I pursued working in education because uh, uh, the company that I had originally was with, I mean, we had a, a nonprofit organization and we wanted to work with children and and have, you know, just be a part of like the education system and, and have art and music and entertainment a part of the, the system. And uh, <clears throat> that all fell through when, when my business partner <laughs> decided to just steal money from my company. And so that, that, you know, obviously went away. And so I just pursued a career in education, had no intention of staying in it. It was really just for research, but, you know, I had a knack for working with kids, especially in this, you know, like autism and special needs field. And so that's what I do now. I mean, I work with special needs children and, and you know, it, it is rewarding, even though, you know, it's a, it's a system that, that is kind of broken in my view. And uh, a lot of, you know, I just been learning about the whole funding and where the money comes from and, you know, Bill Gates and the, the, Wal the Walton family uh, pays for a lot of it now. I mean, back that in is, like- Do you know what the Walton family is from, Deborah? Besides the seventies TV show, well, yeah, the the Waltons, the um, what's the uh, Walmart? Yeah, yeah. So, is there a connection between the Waltons, the, the, like the TV show, and and I don't know uh, the Walmart? <laughs> I always think whenever someone talks about it, I always think of both of them, though. You know? Yeah, I hated that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never. I I just remember the end of it where they'd like yell at each other. Good night, John you Boy. Know? Yeah, yeah. Good night. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if it's like uh, propaganda to get their like name out there into the into the Maybe. ether, you know? It, it's possible. I mean, everything's programming. Anything that's on television, it's all programming, whether you think so or not. You know. Yeah. So, did you start um, as a, a a classroom teacher, or did? Um, no, I mean, 
I mean, I started out as, as kind of like an assistant teacher, you know, a student teacher and, uh-huh. and working with, um, you know, just working side by side with, with teachers. I mean, I still do that, do that now, you know, cause I, I'm a special education teacher. So I don't, I don't have to be in front of a class and have, you know, conduct a whole room. Uh-huh. I work with individual students that are mixed within the general population. And so I kind of get them up to speed. I, I, Gather... It's like you used a prison term to, to describe the public school, the general population. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what it is. I mean, it, it's a prison system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're working towards you know what's what slave job do you want to be work in when you get out of high school? You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you uh, started out in uh, it was it just. Uh, Los Angeles Unified School District. Is there such a thing as that? Yes. Yeah. Um, that actually, must be just a behemoth monstrosity of red tape and oh yeah regulations. And yeah, I can't imagine trying to na- navigate anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say names, but you know, it was a nonprofit organization, and they would have all these like dinner parties with like celebrities and these dignitaries of, you know, the Los Angeles area, like Beverly Hills, and they would raise money to fund their operation. But, um, you know, we were paid very low in comparison. So whatever the LA Unified School District would subsidize, that's what teachers got paid. And all the the rest of the money would just, just kind of like fund their operation and the, like the board of directors would just get a huge chunk of, of the money. And, uh, you know, they would expand programs, but it was, it was very minimal. It was just whatever the required amount that, uh, funding would, you know, would fund. And so it it was a little frustrating because, you know, you would see whole families just come in with like, you know, cases of autism that it's just, you would never see it in a, in a regular setting, you know, like, like I, I, had my own theories and did a lot of little bit of research during while I, while I was working there and like was tying vaccines with, with, uh, mm. um, autism because, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of, um, evidence that supports that there is a connection, but you know, you can never get a legitimate scientist to do a study that would link the two. They would always like separate it, separate it. When you were seeing that, like multi, multi families with multi members that were autistic, was it um, was it minorities most of the time? No, and surprisingly, uh, you know, there was where our schools were located. uh, You know, fifty percent of the population were were Jewish. Yeah, so it's very very surprising how how that. I mean, it was just, um, I, I think that because of the indoctrination, they would just follow medical protocol to the, to the letter. Yeah. And so those, those medical protocols, you know, they would always push vaccines, uh, on a, on a very tight schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I asked just that other one, because I know that the MMR is the one that they say has, has disproportionately, um, affected like little black boys. That's what the whole. Movie. really yeah that's what the movie vaxxed is about so mm. yeah but, I, I don't so. doubt that at all i mean th- there's 
I mean, they, they really pushed it in, in the lower economic regions, especially south of any city like, you know, like Dallas, where I live now. I mean, anything south of the, of the city proper is just, you know, inundated. And uh, a lot of my current students, I mean, they're all, they all live in that, that general vicinity. Yeah. And so it, it was the same thing in L.A. as well, because I had we had moved through moved to like Culver City, Venice area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our students came from South LA. I mean, they were, they were being shipped from like an hour away. Like you would never take your child that far to go to our school or go to any school. Yeah. Was, was your school designated um, as a, uh, a special ed? Yeah. 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 I, I, um, worked at the public school that my kids went to and and uh, at one point uh was a a para for a a, a young kid who had a lot of problems mm -hmm. and um our school was a like a, a i don't know what you would call it it's not a magnet school but we, we our school took care of the the kids who had challenges right yeah, it was a very segregated like school district. So the regular population were weren't integrated like they are here in Texas. I mean, they they try to make kids with special needs feel like they're normal, mm -hmm. and so that that's what's completely different about the blue states is that they would segregate the students them so they were only around each other, you know. And then general population, as soon as you're diagnosed with autism, they would take you out of the school which is very, very interesting. That is because there's different degrees and yeah. So as soon as the child got the diagnosis, they were out of there. Yeah. They would get transferred to another school. Wow. One of our schools. Mm -hmm. So did you, your, your, the students were all um, special needs kids or, yeah. or so there, there was, okay. And like the, the students that I worked with in, in Los Angeles, they were all high functioning. So they were very intelligent. They just, the, a lot of their quirks, I guess you can call it, were, were mostly uh, emotion-based, you know, mm -hmm. unable to control yeah. their own emotions and stuff. And, you know, uh, they were, didn't have, um, you know, people with Asperger's, so they didn't, weren't able to understand other people's feelings, you know, you mm -hmm. know. They didn't pick up on the social cues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, gonna, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Deborah. You go. I was just going to ask the, the school, the district that you're in now, it, is it also just special needs? No, no, it's completely integrated with, okay. with the regular yeah. teachings. Right. Uh-huh. So I just I just work with them individually and try to get them to you know understand what the curriculum is, what the assignments are. Um, I specialize in in history, chemistry, environmental science, and um, I think something else. I'm terrible at math. I mean, I avoid math like the plague. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good at it either. I uh, I I got my general education math out of the way in college and then never had to do it again. I got, I took statistics, but, um, so when you started noticing, uh, that something weird was going on when you were still in California, what, um, what kind of stuff did you notice that 
that the Gates Foundation and the Waltons were come um stuff like that. What what were they doing? Um well like I don't know about other school districts and how where the money came from for Los Angeles. I mean like 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 I said, we they would have they would have these like lavish dinner parties, kind of like whenever Obama would come to Los Angeles. I mean, the whole place was just shut down, you know, $100,000 dinners. And, you know, I mean, he was there in Los Angeles once a month and, you know, the traffic would just be gridlock. And so they, they would have host these kind of parties where they would have these um, famous artists come perform. I was never invited. I actually tried to work in public relations because some of my experience was in public relations and so I wanted to be a part of that whole side of like fundraising because um, I wanted to see how it operated. I, I wanted, I didn't, I really didn't want to be a teacher. I, I wanted to be a part of the high society, you know, <laughs> be a part, be on that side of it and raise money. And uh, I didn't know about the Bill Gates Foundation until this year. And uh, in, in our um, employee handbook, it says that our, our funding comes from the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the, the Walton Family Foundation. I was like, oh, my God. So all these like conspiracies are pretty much true that, you, you know, it's not really government funded. But I, I think a lot of a lot of motivation comes from private entities that operate for the government. They're just funded by people you know and uh i i don't think like bill gates is really who he really says he is i mean i think a lot of it is all funding and he's positioned there intentionally and he's just the face which is why he's on every freaking news channel and why everyone talks to him because he has such an influence on people because everybody you know you know kind of like idolizes him as such a major figure, it's kind of like Elon Musk. And I don't, I don't believe his background either. Yeah, know? I don't either. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Um, anything about his financial situation, about being like the richest man in the world from selling PayPal and then just getting government money to build cars that don't work, you know? Right. And he's a transhumanist, which everybody seems to gloss over, you know, it's like the biggest transhumanist. Even though he yeah. says it's not good, he's still transhumanist and who's still practicing it, you know? Yeah. I mean, even years ago, when I when people would when I'd ask, so who who do you look up to? And they would say, Oh, I like Elon Musk. And I'm like, he he really doesn't know anything. He's just a money person. He yeah. invests in things uh and then buys out the company, but people think that he invented it. I'm like, no, he didn't invent anything. He just had a bunch of money. Yeah. And then yeah. remember he had the, the boring company. He was just like drilling holes in the underground in Los Angeles. And like right. there people are making a huge deal. Like it's never been done before. It's like, oh yeah, he's like the subway, you mean? Like <laughs> did did any of that ever go anywhere? Did he ever did he ever get anything done with the yes, boring so, company? Supposedly there's like a hundred miles worth of tunnels underneath Dallas that go all the way out to Fort Worth. And you know, we're expected to believe some, you know, uh, company from New Jersey who has ties to the to the mafia had built all these tunnels. I'm like, that doesn't make any freaking sense. Yeah. And <laughs> and then they just did just shut it down. And you, you actually you can go down into the tunnels, but 
they just they're just blocked off and there's like no rhyme or reason why that they exist and you know i mean there's this whole tunnel systeming and you can connect where john f kennedy was assassinated and go you know all these places so it was it would have been easy for any of these snipers to have access to where he he drove through so it, it's very very interesting <laughs> yeah that's wild yeah well at least maybe if there's nothing down there that's where we can go live when when everything yeah, else goes the, bad you know be the, the, be the tunnel people <laughs> <laughs> um so when you were um was there a point when you realized there was a shift in um in policies in the school or was it always kind of um based on what was being um sent down from the top um from these from these NGOs and and private charity companies and stuff like that um you know it's hard to it's hard to tell who's making all the decisions because, you know, the government operates kind of like in the shadows. You, you really don't know. You think everything's run by the government. I mean, the, the government, you know, kind of like regulates everything and makes sure that everything's legal. Um, but these private entities, I mean, they, they give us a lot of money and they're, we're constantly getting these like new apps, you know, and, and and before COVID, I mean, we didn't, nobody had laptops. And now all of a sudden, every student has laptops and they're all connected to the internet. They're all required to use all these applications, you know, just like our phones. I mean, as soon as they log in, they have like, you know, 20 different apps that they, they, that they use, but we only use like maybe two or three at total. Yeah. And then a, a lot of them are, are trackers. I mean, they, they, like we, you know, uh, we actually get $7 million to use this one application just to monitor their mood. And it's like, what benefit is there? I mean, there's really nothing that benefits the, the, the child, you know, the, the, in the morning they're, you know, like, Oh, we got to get everybody to, to, you know, sign in and tell, tell the, the application how they feel. And at the end of the app, you know, if they, they come in and they says, oh, I don't feel good. I feel tired or my, my body's in pain. How's, and then it'll ask like, what's your social life? Like, and it'll, and you know, you, you put meh or I feel good or I feel bad or you, you're having conflict at home. And so at the end of it, they have a video and it's supposed to change your mood. It's supposed to alter your mood and like make you feel better. That's and, little yeah. suspect but what what is the video uh, first of all how old are these students are they high school age uh my students are a high school okay. uh, i'm sure it's it's district wide uh -huh. that they all use this because you know we get seven million dollars just for for using this application and then i looked it up because i was very suspicious when they introduced it i was like all right well i i looked at the system i was like you know what there's no benefit other than tracking what these kids feel and it turns out that two two uh, three there's only three people and they're from san jose california and two of them are chinese and one's an american i mean for all i know just white person and uh you know and they're giving all these school districts millions of dollars i'm like okay where are they getting their money from yeah that's crazy and so, so let's they, talk you about. said in at yours it's 70 70 
Yeah, seven, seven million, just, oh, just seven, seven million. million just yeah. for your school district. I mean, I mean, that's small change compared to what we, the money that we get from all these other entities. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I, I've discovered. I mean, like these three people, I mean, what are they getting out of it? How are they recouping this money? So it, I, these things are just a big front. Mm-hmm. And, and whoever's funding them has even more money to be able to influence our, our, our student body to program and then to track everything that they do. So they have, we, we issue these, these Chromebooks. So they know everything that they're doing. And, but at the same time, you know, like if, if a student loses their, their, their Chromebook, they're like, Oh, we don't have an ability to, to track and trace where these laptops go. So I'm like, Okay, well, that makes no sense at all. I mean, we have all this technology; we can track anything, but yet we can't trace where a laptop goes. <laughs> Do you think you know, they're using all these apps to just mine data? That's yeah, yeah. I think what they're doing is they're they're trying to um, gather data to see how many students actually got the the vaccine and how they can. Tra- track their their just their state of mind throughout this whole process and it it's it's very interesting because the 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 number of fights have gone up like you know fifteen hundred percent and like you know, fights between students yeah just fighting with each other and uh you know it's all in it it's really like tenth graders which is very interesting what it the 11th graders aren't violent, the 12th graders aren't violent, the 9th graders aren't, just 10th grade. And I find that very weird. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen a bunch of articles throughout the country and in, in um, fights and, and aggravated assault and uh, all this stuff that's happening has gone up 200%. Yeah. Yeah, I've um, seen a lot of really terrible videos that I wish I didn't watch on Twitter all the time of just terrible student fights yeah and all of it's online i mean you probably would see me in a few fights like breaking yeah. them up <laughs> it's it's a uh, wild like i grew up i went to a mixed high school and there was a lot of fights there wasn't like a ton of racial tension but there was definitely like guys that you know listen to country music fighting with mexican people and stuff like that and uh but you know it never seemed like as violent as these ones i've been watching on on the internet now do you know it's it seems really yeah. really scary it, it, they don't seem racially motivated okay well that's good uh, news i i don't know what it is i think it's just frustration you know people are really suppressed and maybe covid is is affected people in different ways you know like people lost a lot during the the, the two and a half years three years that it that it happened and so people lost family members and they've had to make huge changes in their lives a lot of these kids got covid and were in the hospital and mm-hmm. spent you know over a month in the hospital yeah um, what's it how old's a 10th grader 15 or 16 mm-hmm. yeah 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 so you got to figure if you're like 13 when when all this starts or 12 and a half or something like that 12 and a half to like 16 is a that's that's a, those are like pretty important years where you're like kind of like can figure some stuff out and if everything's shut down you'd like yeah. miss out on all that social interaction in those two two plus important years you know yeah when you think about when covid 
came out. I mean, 2019 was when Fortnite was like at at its peak, and er, all, every kid in like because I I was working in seventh Fort, and eighth grade. Fortnite's a video game that okay. Love all right, I was gonna ask. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of like World of Warcraft, where you just like everybody kind of congregates and talks online and plays a video game. But this is way more violent. You know, you're dealing with like real money. You can, you know, you have this this cache of like valuable stuff that's worth real money and these other gamers would just come and steal it or just con you into into selling it to you and then they would just steal it and not pay you i mean it's it's really terrible um you know it's it's fun it looks cool but at the same time it's very you know it's very sinister and so that all happened and all these kids like seventh and eighth grade they were very addicted to this this gaming platform and then and then COVID hit so already these kids were addicted to this game and they just wanted to be immersed in it because it never ends it's 24 hours a day it, it just never stops and then uh when COVID hit all these kids got to be at home and they continued to play non-stop and all of a sudden you know oh we have school but it's online and so these kids would just sit there with their laptop you know all the schools just all right here's a here's a, a, a chromebook you know just go online and then they all had and most of these kids already had a gaming system at home so they would just you know point the camera up to the to the ceiling fan or whatever and and you know uh not really paying attention at all so this these you know middle school is like the time when you should really be paying attention and like learn you know, and these kids weren't doing any of that. They were just screwing around. <laughs> yeah. Being kids. Yeah, being being influenced by other kids. What They were learning from each other, which is like, you know, kind of like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Do you think that there was like, um, so when did you get to Texas? Um, three weeks after the, the lockdowns happened. Okay. I was like, I don't want to be in California anymore. Yeah, it, you, uh, the writing on the wall, you got out of there just in time. <laughs> I left and I got, I saw it earlier than you did. I saw it in 2018, but I came to suburban Portland. So, um, you know, oh, wow. it didn't get much better. But yeah, during the, during the lockdown, we got out of there and we live out on, out in the middle of nowhere now. <laughs> and, um, did you, uh, yeah, did you see any, um, did you see a big change when you switched from, from teaching in LA to Texas, like as, as far as uh, culture or um, what was being taught, what was acceptable, anything like that? Um, you know, individually, everybody kind of thinks the same. I think the the group think is a little more loose. Um, I mean, I work with a lot of people who who just watches television and believes everything that the, you know, what the talking heads say. Um, and Los Angeles is very, you know, the group think is, is very tight. So I, even though I was like, you know, into conservative talk radio, I was listening to like Ben Shapiro and Michael Savage and all, all those people. I can never talk about what I listened to or what my interests were. And then um, COVID brought me to another level. I, start, I started to not trust any of the conservative talk. 
because they were only talking about certain topic point, uh, you know, certain topics that they were allowed to talk about. And <clears throat> I just felt like um, the mentality was, was really driven by politics and news and all this stuff. And then going to Texas, I felt like there was not as much tension. The frequencies were just a little more, like I felt more at home and relaxed. Yeah. Versus Los Angeles, where they just felt like it, I didn't really notice it until I left California. Yeah. It's, that the, whole, I, it's the whole West Coast. It's like, it's just this thick tension that you can feel in the cities. Do you know what we're talking about, Deborah? Can you? I think I do. I think I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, I, I got, I go to Portland once a week, you know, um, mm -hmm. once or twice a week. I try to limit it as much as possible. But yeah, it's a measurable, feeling you know yeah and it's in you know seattle san francisco oakland it's it's all the same you know like even last night I, we, we were driving through dallas uh like downtown dallas and i just feel very tense very like aggravated and like you know like i need i'm like i was i told my wife i'm like my hand hurts because i've been gripping this steering wheel so tight <laughs> and yeah and you know i you know, I, I drove Uber for, for a while when I was student teaching and uh, I never felt as intense as I do in, in Dallas. I mean, Dallas drivers are just very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been to Texas a couple of times. I've noticed that people drive like real dicks there. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got these big trucks and fast vehicles because, you know, gas is a lot cheaper so they can just floor it. <laughs> you know, if it says 75, I guarantee everybody's driving 90. <laughs> yeah yeah i was uh I, we were there for um deborah's other daughter's uh wedding and i was driving out to wherever the brewery that it was at with her with deborah's husband and like some guy got mad at me and like cut me off on the road and i i, I don't oh, get i don't get like road rage or anything like that but her husband does <laughs> so so yeah. uh he's like well that was an asshole thing that that guy did you should catch up to him and like see what he looks like and then do the same thing to him and i was like we're we're in texas dude like he's like what does that yeah, mean? I, go, I go people, come have, on. people, have, people have guns here they have yeah. rifles in their car yeah so you know, they have it in oregon too so um but uh yeah what um do you have any any questions deborah no but but keep going i'm this is really interesting all the all the the funding and the the just never occurred to me that I, I don't know what the local school districts here I know they have you know foundations where you know in families chip in and uh but I want I I wonder if there are any other sources. Deborah's I mean, from um Deborah lives in Marin County. I think that's where oh, okay. I think that's where Jaron lives too. Um He's, but, in uh, he's in merced oh so okay like Fre fresno county got it never mind oh. then i was totally wrong um <laughs> but uh marine county is beautiful i i i've spent a lot of time there because i i lived in fremont california i don't know if you know uh -huh. what it is sure yeah yeah and actually people there i've gotten so used to seeing fremont because people know where fremont is but it was a little town called newark <laughs> yeah sure, I know right, newark. On, right yeah. on the other side of the bridge yeah. right yeah 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 um 
do you notice, um, do you think in like the wealthier uh, school districts are getting the same kind of funding and influence as they are in other places? I mean, that whole segregating system was designed by the Koch brothers. Uh, they made, they put in a lot of funding during the nineties. And uh, so that whole system of like taxation and how the the wealthier schools get more money based on how much revenue is generated from the from the the the, the towns and cities so i've always hated that whole entire system because it it does keep the the poor people down mm -hmm. so they don't get the same funding as like the the richer school districts because you know it's based on property taxes yeah. And these these older communities that don't have these rising property taxes, they don't get the same funding. So I, I think it's a disservice and it's it's almost like legal racism and to segregate people based on on income when really it should just be evenly distributed throughout the state. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, I read I remember I read in a college's book, I forget what it was called, but it was about that the disparity caused by that in uh chicago in like mm -hmm. the 80s and it was like you know two different two different worlds so um let's see what else we got um what's it like uh being a flat earther and like a conspiracy guy in uh <laughs> in that world um you know being a flat earther is still new to me like i i've you know, uh, I started to question things around 2015 or per se. And then around 2017, I met a, uh, an aeronautical engineer from the jet propulsion laboratory in Pasadena. And he just like, let it all out. And yeah, you, I heard this story. You met him while you're driving Uber, right? Yeah. And I was taking him to the airport. So it was an hour and a half drive from Pasadena. And he's like, and we saw the Falcon 9, I think, I think it was December 17th or December 19th. And it, it made this like huge, like plume and what, what looked like a wake. So if you've ever gone uh, on, on a lake or river and that, you know, the, the end of the boat, I mean, it just causes this like wake. Yeah. Well, that's what it looked like. What was, and, what was it? A, a rocket ship? Yeah. Um, I, I, don't recall, but uh, I, they were connecting with uh, the space station or they were putting out a satellite. I don't remember exactly. But when we saw it, I mean, it was huge. I mean, it stretched out for hundreds of miles. You could see it all the way out to, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. And I was like, is that aliens? And he's like, oh, no, that's just the Falcon 9. It scraped against the firmament. And I was like, the firmament? You mean like in the Bible? It, that That's real? And he's like, yeah, that's that's real. We, we've never been to, to space. And I was like, no way I mean, like i looked in the rear mirror and i was like you got to tell me more and he just told me everything you know about how we've never landed on the moon that was all fake and that, that was done that was totally stanley kubrick and nasa working together to to make this deception because you know we americans just wanted to up up and you know updo russia and Russia ended up spilling, spending just billions of dollars trying to get to space, which is impossible. And every rocket they, they would build, I mean, they were just hitting the firmament and just destroying every, every rocket they ever built, you know, because the, the firmament is only, I think, 
if my memory serves, it's only 63 miles. So that's the highest that we can go. Yeah. And which is why they're every rocket is parabolic. They try to tell us, oh, well, they, they, they turn sideways to match the speed of the, the uh, orbit, you know? And then I'm like, well, isn't that going like 24,000 miles or a thousand yeah. miles? And, and so they make up all these like different things. They're always changing their stories. And if the, the story doesn't match up, they just take it down. But you can go to archive.org and you can trace everything that they say. It's just like, you know, when they, they said that I am propulsion, you can go up to 24,000 miles an hour. But, and then they, they took that article down. And then I, I was able to find it. Uh, and then, you know, and you, you, I went to MIT and they tried to replicate I am propulsion and they couldn't do it. Because uh, what happens is the, the, what, they, what they claim is that the I am propulsion is like they spew out electrons. And then it, that is what is pushing off in space. But you can't replicate that here on Earth. The, the most that you can do is like um, uh, 10 to the negative like 14. But uh, 10 to the negative 17 is, is the actual uh, vacuum in space. And we can't replicate that on Earth. So it's like, well, how do, you, how, do you, how do you know that things can actually work in space if there's nothing to push off? Yeah. You know? So... And <clears throat> so he went on about all kinds of stuff, you know, how the, the sun is closer. It's less. And he's like, oh, yeah, we, we don't know for this for sure. But the sun is like less than 3000 miles away. I was like, wow, that's crazy. And so yeah. that, that global warming is a political weapon and it doesn't really exist. It, everything that happens on Earth is just cyclical. It happens on a cycle. You know, it's just like 2018. We had this like the, the most heat that we've had in four years, every four years, it gets really hot. You know, this, this past year, it got really hot, almost the same. So we're probably going to have a, a majorly cold winter and it, it just repeats. Yeah. It has nothing to do with global warming. Yeah. I remember, uh, I, the first one that made a ton of sense to me is I heard this guy, Tony Heller on gray America, and he just had like all these just basic graphs and he showed he showed that the whole like global warming scam was just based on what is sent to congressmen and politicians in Washington, D.C. They all get the same packet and the graph starts at like 1969. Yeah, they, don't, they started at 1969 because if they had to show the numbers before it, it doesn't doesn't work for them, you know. And right. it's like he talked about how in, in, you know, in the 30s, there was more. Um, or there was like less ice on the polar ice caps than there is now and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all just a major big controlling scheme that they're just going to roll out. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know if they're, what does it seem like to you? I don't think they're going to be able to, to do lockdowns because of the climate. I don't know. They might try to force it. It doesn't seem like people are going to go along with it, but. Well, I mean, people are easily, easily controlled. I mean, all you have to do is just create, create a scare and you put it on in the television screen or put it on your black mirror and people will believe it because we, we're, we've been programmed for so long to watch things on a screen that we don't really go out anywhere to, to view things for ourselves. I mean, so, I mean, 
there's so many people who are born in cities that never been out to the country and never seen the stars for what they really look like. You know, we're so used to seeing just like, you know, 10 stars if you live in the city. You know, I, I would go to Idaho when I was a kid, you know, 12, 13 years old, and we would just camp out the entire summer. And then we would sleep outside of the tent and then just stare at the stars until we fall asleep, fell asleep. So we would see, I mean, I could see the, the, the Ori Borealis and, and see shooting stars. I mean, we, you could see everything. And the skies look exactly the same as they do now. So <laughs> yeah, they're just hidden when you live in a city. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible when you can get out of that like light pollution and noise pollution. And it's like, it's so quiet where we live. I know when Deborah comes up, it's a, it's a real shocker, huh? I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Just to see the sky at night and see everything that's up there. Yeah. Yeah. We we have a three-year plan where we're looking into buying some land and, and, you know, either getting a building a home from scratch or getting a tiny home or getting a manufactured home. Cause I, I want to have a bunch of chickens and, and have a huge garden. I, I don't want to be confined to, you know, the, the city. I mean, if, if something ever does go down, I mean, People are going to raid my, what food supply I do have. And, you know, we have, you know, uh, you know, solar power generators and, and all these survival gear, but yeah, you're I, just I holding just it for somebody else. Yeah. I mean, you could easily just get stolen. I mean, thank goodness I am, you know, armed, but I really don't want to shoot anybody. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, people bring that up so much. It's like, I'm well armed. It's like, I don't, I don't want to ever have to do any of that stuff, you yeah. know? So. Yeah. I served in the military for a couple of years, but you know, as soon as I realized that I was no longer in control of my life, I was out of there. <laughs> I yeah. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. I, I don't, I don't want to know what it's like to kill somebody. And I never want to experience that. Yeah. And I was lucky that I was never deployed. Like I was supposed to be deployed twice and I didn't go. Yeah. <laughs> That's good news, man. I'm glad you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I went to this, like, I went to a like three day, like AR 15 urban rifle training course down way at the bottom of Oregon. It was super intense, man. Like, and, uh, I came away like knowing a couple things and those were like, I don't know how to use a rifle. Like I thought I did. And I never, ever want to have to, you know, that's like what I, what I came away from it. And I was like pretty active in the, like the freedom kind of like anarcho-capitalism libertarian movement at the time. And I'd go to like these meetups with people and they'd be like, yeah, I've got a nine millimeter pistol and an AR-15. And, you know, if anything goes, it was like at the start of the lockdowns when it was, you know, <laughs> uh, coming up on the summer of love in, in Portland and people were talking about like how they knew how to, or how they had all this stuff, like two boxes of bullets and, and a gun to protect themselves. I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you know, you got, you got no idea, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out for you. I kind of relate it to like, you ever see like a video of two people like, in a who get into like a fist fight at like a convenience store or a gas station who don't know how to fight. Like that's what you're like. And you're just critiquing them online, making fun <laughs> of them, even though that's probably what you would be like, like that's yeah. what, that's what most people would be like. Even, even if you have a 
pistol and you've gone to the rifle range a couple times you know like that's what you're gonna look like you know and it's not yeah. gonna end up well like it's it's uh it's a real deal so yeah let's hope that it that it never comes to that um i don't want to live in a in a dystopian future or anything like that but um what do you see uh going forward um are you gonna stay uh stay working for the school district you think you know, my wife and I are always talking about how I'm just not completely happy working for the for the company, and I do want to get out of it somehow. But you know, I, I've been doing it for so long that I don't have any other trade. So yeah. it, I just want to scale down to where I don't have as many expenses where I need to have that kind of job. Mm-hmm. You know, like. My my wife works for a martial arts company, and you know I train there. And and you know, what it's, kind it's of a good uh, martial co- art? It's mixed martial arts. It's Krav Maga and, and like kickboxing. Cool. You um, grapple at all? Yeah, yeah. Right on. My my least favorite. I mean, I did wrestling when I was in high school, so I, I have a little bit of experience. Yeah, jujitsu is my favorite, man. I used to uh, be an addict, and then I uh, moved out here to the woods, and it's a real long drive to the closest place. So I really want to get back into it, but then my back's like thankful that I'm not right now, but, uh, I need to get back. I miss it a lot. So that's funny. I I know what that's like. Cause I I had a car accident a long time ago and and I just been nursing it throughout my life. And I honestly didn't think I would make it this far. I've been training for two and a half years and I'm still at it. And, you know, now I'm a brown belt and (laughs) working my way up to black. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I what before I started, I had all kinds of ailments. I had like shoulder pains and like knee pains and foot, and uh, just through supplementation and like wearing like the, the copper uh, braces and stuff. It, yeah, I I've been able to like manage all the pain and discomfort and like listening to like Crow Triple Seven and you know they always have these like nutritionists and doctors that you know recommend all these like natural healing stuff. So my body's yeah. like way younger i feel younger than i did when i was 25. <laughs> that's yeah. great yeah, yeah crow's awesome man i uh i pay for his premium stuff i haven't listened in a really long time i should get back into it <laughs> he's a little intense for me sometimes he doesn't joke around as much as i like on podcasts you know but yeah he's, he's, he's very serious <laughs> a, definitely a good guy to to listen to every now and again but um yeah it's good to have a plan and um yeah i hope you guys Make it out. You made it out of California. So that's the first step. So, yeah. You know, it's funny how I got out here. You know, I had, I used to love listening to Alex Jones, but he just, you know, after the, the 2016 election and, you know, he convinced me to vote for Trump. And because you know, I've, I've always been like independent, you know, I voted for uh, not Ross Perot, but I, I was a big fan of Ross Perot, but I voted for um, Ron Paul. Yeah. And then uh, when the 2016 election came around, I mean, I, I was just convinced that, you know, he was going to save the world and, you know, he was our savior. And he's just one of us. He's just happened to be rich <laughs> I yeah. felt for all that nonsense. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after that, I just realized it's all propaganda. I mean, they're all friends together. Mm-hmm. I met a PR agent that said, oh, I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but Hillary Clinton and, and, and Donald Trump were together at a wedding in India. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Well, they were big friends prior to yeah, all I mean, of he, this. He paid but, her to come to his wedding, you know? They're all friends. And so th- it's just a big act. You know, 
you know, it's just like, you know, there, there's this like whole push to demonize libertarians. So you vote the, the right or left. It's like, you know, you, you're wasting your vote if you don't re vote re Republican. You're wasting your vote if you don't vote Democrat. So I, I, just, I can't stand it. It's, it. it's all, you know, it's the same coin. It's just two different sides, you know? Yeah. yeah, I struggle with it, man. I go back and forth with, you know, voting works, voting doesn't work, you know, third party or just vote for, you know, like a, I was talking to Deborah and our, our other co-host on the last show, and I was, I'm a I'm a one topic voter now and it's like what what did you what did what was your opinion on the lockdowns and mandates what what did you say about it you know and if you're bad on it I, i'm not voting for you because you're going to be bad on the next one you know so it sucks to have to reduce it to to one thing you know but yeah it's like people people in our world like talk about ron DeSantis, like oh i don't trust him blah 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 it's like dude you didn't live in california you didn't live in oregon during during covid you know wow Ron DeSantis is a huge zionist i'm pretty sure kate brown and gavin newsom are too and then they made me wear a mask for like eight months longer than anybody else had to you know so i'll take yeah. that guy 10 out of 10 over over what we got going on in my state you know so i think there's uh and then we've also you know i listened to tons of people that used to be libertarian ish and cap type people who are kind of over it now and um trying to get people to organize at least on a on a local level and and run for office and in these small communities and take kind of like work on just taking over a town and you know going to a town yeah. of five thousand people and you know getting yourself getting somebody you know that you want as the mayor and people on the school board and influencing the sheriff and, you know, maybe even getting someone you know as a sheriff or moving to a county that has a good sheriff. That's a, that's, that's the most important part, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just had, uh, I, I was talking to Matt Landman and then he did this whole like uh, activism at the city hall in, in Danville and I was like, is he in, is he down there now? I know he was in Ashland, Oregon for a long time or not, maybe not a long time, but he was in Southern Oregon and then he was in Danville, California. I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. And um, I was like, you know, if you really want something to actually change, you have to get 15% of the population of the, the city that you live in. So, I mean, like Dallas would be impossible. I mean, We'd spend months and months and months getting signatures from 15% of the population here. But small towns are way easier because you don't need as many signatures. And so if like if you want to get rid of fluoride in the water or if you want to get rid of, you know, anything, you just need a certain number of signatures and then it'll get on the ballot. And then if everybody votes on it, you can have that removed. So. Yeah. Our friend um, Buck Johnson from the Counterflow podcast, he lives in Lockhart, Texas. He was from, you know, lived in Austin forever and got out because it's, you know, what it is now. And he lives out in the hill country now in this little town called Lockhart. And he was telling me or telling people on his show that there was, he, there was spots on the city council and he like went and looked at the last previous election and the people who were on the city council had gotten like three votes. Like that's how they won their spot on the what? city council. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, so there's, there's spots out there that you can get if you just have to like show up and have like four of your buddies come vote for you, you know? So, wow. 
Yeah. That's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know, on a, on a local level, if you live in a, in a small town, but I don't think there's any hope in these, uh, in these big cities, you know, I don't yeah. think they're ever gonna, they're not ever gonna be in favor of anything that you and I want, especially in, in schools and, and right. stuff like that. Um, have you, uh, I guess we'll, we'll ask a couple more questions about school stuff and then we'll get you out sure. of here. Have you noticed any, uh, sort of push, I guess I'll ask you, um, either place LA or Dallas, um, for the trans stuff. The transhumanism? No, the trans or, genderism. Um, I've noticed a big push since last year of like, you know, the equality and like, we need, you know, not bullying, but you know, they make it sound like it's just so commonplace. Like everybody, you know, like there's like one in every classroom, you know, I mean, that would be one thing if there was actual bullying, but people just kind of like, don't say anything, you know, yeah. like I have students that just act out and they make loud noises and they, they make silly sounds and they're just, you know, and have anxiety and they just say certain things and no one says anything, but and if someone wanted to switch genders, I mean, I don't think anybody would say anything then, but it is, there is definitely a push of like putting it in the forefront of like your mind and like making it more accessible and, and like, you know, cause the teachers, they show CNN 10 every morning, which I can't stand because CNN is just probably well, that they news. show 10 minutes of, of the news every day and it's CNN. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's a tabloid. It's you know? it, in the classroom they show this? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, and they, they always talk about, you know, Ukraine or whatever the talking point is of that, of that day. So there, there's still, um, I'm sure once, you know, we're in election time right now. So anybody who's against, you know, trans or whatever, I mean, they're they're going to talk about it. I mean, I I haven't watched any of it. I don't go to that class. I go to the actual classrooms. It's usually like like this section of the morning. It's called advisory, and so that's when they show the news clips. And I I can't stand it. I get really heated and, and pissed off because it's all mind control. So bullshit. that's is that every classroom at your, at your school does that? Yeah, and then Man, we have how how do how do they decide on what network is shown yeah i think cnn pays us to watch the stuff i mean that's how they get that's the only place they get ratings is is deborah's house (laughs) gyms gyms airports airports yeah and and apparently public school now so well i heard this year that they lost their contract with uh the international airports yeah so they're not going to be shown there but i i think what they're doing is they're trying to make a a change in the political stance so if they really want you know someone like trump to retake office um they're they're gonna disconnect the news programming and uh i mean everything everything that because trump still has a major influence on the the conservative market so if they want to push the vaccine or if they want to push the next pandemic i mean they need him in office you know it's just like the last you know, during the pandemic, when that first happened, I mean, he had a major influence. And so I saw right through it. I was like, you know what? I'm done with him. I'm not supporting that guy ever again. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't vote at all in 2020. That's what our, our friend, um, 
I think uh, Tony Arterburn always says is that if they're going to bring in like the central bank digital currency, it's going to be a Republican that does it because they're going to get them to go along. Like, and that's the same thing with, with lockdowns and stuff like that. Like it's surprising that, that the left went along with all that stuff because Trump was the one that implemented it. I guess Mm -hmm. they, they got into the, governors and stuff like that but can you like if if hillary clinton would have been trying to push all that stuff i don't think the the right wing of america would have would have followed any of it and then you know there's still like boomer mega republicans all over old 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 people all over my county wearing red hats with with masks on you know still you know so (laughs) it's so ridiculous well, yeah. what I learned a few years ago is that, you know, I used to go to opensource.org and you would find exactly who's funding these presidential elections. And so it, what this trend was is that all these digital comp- corporations, you know, anything that's online, those were all Democratic supported companies. I mean, they would support Democrats. Anything that had any kind of like, ground-based like structural you know like ford you know any anything that's manufactured here in the united states or they have you know they build stuff they were supporting republican candidates and so that is very tied into how things are moved and, and pushed so like manufacturing like anything that's like tied to farming or oil they all support Republican candidates. And so if they want that side of the corporations to move a certain direction politically, or they want to push a, a certain agenda, that's, that's how they move the, the, the people, because people, you know, just work for these companies. So, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, I don't know if you have children. Uh, would you send them to school? It's a great question. I was going to ask that as well, Deborah. Now I wouldn't. Um, I do have a son, and he's he's a little indoctrinated. He he's he's more he leans towards conservative views, but you know he's in college now, and he's uh, um, you know he uh, he's kind of like one foot in, one foot out of both sides. And it's got to yeah. be so tough to be that age and have those have that kind of man, even if you wanted to be like some right wing conservative, you'd never, never get chicks, you know, so yeah, I, you, you, I you can't ever it. you can't ever express yourself. I mean, I was in college and I I was very confused. Like, yeah, do I support Obama? Do I not? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was in college in the early 2000s and I was, you know, basically a, a, a commie. It's just the the time of your life that you're going through that those kind of thoughts are more appealing to you you know and some people like grow out of them and some people don't it seems like we've got just all these people running around that that are thinking like like I was when I was 19 years old like I you know I I hate Antifa but if I was 19 years old and that stuff was going on in Portland and I lived there of course I would have been involved in all that stuff you know like yeah. So I, I can see how it how it happens, you know? And uh yeah, I mean I remember like you think you know so much and then you are you're influenced. I, I was a history major in college and 
I was influenced by by professors who, uh, you know, they're they're all Marxists, and and I yeah. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't really know about Marx or what it, what socialism and communism really was. But I mean, it sounded nice and and friendly and and like it was going to be, you know, beneficial for everybody at the time. And so I'd call myself that, you know. And I, it's just so people never never get beyond that and uh that's the the problem in all these cities and then in all the institutions and it just keeps going and going and going and going and yeah. yeah but there's always people out there that will surprise you and then they are really awake to all the deception like like my my one of my good friends he's a history teacher and he you know he he's all into all of everything that I'm into. And, you know, he wasn't into like the whole flat earth thing, but he was like leaning towards the world being flat as well. And, uh, you know, but he teaches a lot of stuff about how, you know, the, the, the mainstream media is really all deceptive and the CIA is very much in control of what we see on television and to be wary. And, and he showed like the 1975 trials and how they manipulated the news back the in the church, 50s uh, and 60s. The church hearings. Yeah. And um, so he, you know, he's, he's really trying to educate our students of now to be more critical about what we see on television because it's nothing is what we think it is. And just because they're on television and they're the newscasters, I mean, doesn't mean that they're telling the truth. I mean, they're funded by freaking Pfizer these network television channels are, are funded by the things that we should be against, you know? Yeah. And like, have you ever noticed, have you ever been watching like one of those like crossfire or like Sunday morning news shows and they will just be a commercial for Raytheon or like yeah. Boeing or Whoa. something like something that you, none of us would ever be able to spend money on willingly. We all pay for it with our taxes, but like, it's yeah. just for like, for some, some war contract some gigantic conglomerate military industrial complex conglomerate and like there'll be a commercial on dude i've seen it on it'll you'll see it like on pbs like this segment was brought to you by raytheon like mm -hmm. on pbs wow yeah yeah huh. P pbs i mean people think that that's real news but they're they're just as compromised i mean just because they have a very somber in a low tone voice and it sounds like they're telling the <laughs> truth but they're just they're lying they, they're, the, and, they're the worst npr and pbs like they're the they're the worst and it <laughs> sucks because it's supposed to be that should be the one that's actually objective because right. it's public yeah. it's paid yeah. for Not... by us you know yeah that just goes to show you you know these news organizations can't afford a copy editor they can't afford fact checkers so it's really just the, the the managing editor and the actual broadcasters. There, nobody goes out and does in, in investigations. No one does the deep dives. They don't go across the country. They, you know, we don't even know who these AP, these Associated Press people are. I mean, my opinion is that they're all CIA. They're yeah. all government-funded individuals that write these stories. And it's just like, you know, the Navy. They have these disinformation. Uh, factions of groups that dis disseminate information from other countries they they intercept these bloggers and, and news sources and they scramble it and whatever we see or what other countries see is totally propagandized so we don't even know the the information is if it's true or not 
maybe it's just like a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to verify that, you know, China was building eight, eight aircraft carriers, but every news source was giving me a different number. One said 21, one said eight, mm -hmm. one said two. So I'm like, they're military. They don't want anybody to know anything, you know, just like in World War II. I mean, they had, they distributed 41,000 maps and it was all just to confuse the opposing countries. So they couldn't find America as easily, or they couldn't find Japan as e or um, Hawaii as easily, but they're, they're all in, a, in on it together. It's just, it's just to confuse regular people like you and me. And they, these countries do work together and they coerce these like wars intentionally to depopulate or to you know establish trade when a country doesn't want to do it you know and so they force everybody in submission and force these this free trade which actually destroys the, everybody's economies just so a few people can just be rich and control everything yeah we don't make anything here anymore no we're, yeah. we're, we're imagine we make what garbage happens, imagine what happens if uh if if we didn't get Chinese stuff anymore, the whole country would <laughs> would be destroyed. I mean, know? well, that's about to happen. I mean, all these these banks are pulling out of China. Uh, Chase Manhattan pulled out. Or I don't know if it's Chase Manhattan anymore, but it's Chase. Um, <clears throat> who else? Citibank pulled out, and Apple pulled out. Apple Pay. So the, these three major banks have pulled out of China. So if anybody uses those, bank, those banks, they have to find an alternative or, you know, we, we're not going to be able to pay China for, for the manufacturing that we do. And so it's going to make the, the market even tighter. And, you know, just to prevent them from attacking Taiwan, I mean, I think they're going to take over the entire Pacific and then we're not going to be able to, China is going to have complete control of what we can and, or, or export from, from their region. I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I think a mess is coming and it's going to happen is, within a couple of years. The mess is here, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I think just uh, take care of yourself and the ones you love while we can still, you know, that's all I'm trying to do. Have a good time and go and hang out with my pigs and, you know, hopefully. I want to some... get away from the, the major metropolis and just, you know, if shit goes down, I mean, I'm going to have my property and, yeah, you know. If it all ends ends because of a asteroid or China or because we keep poking Vladimir Putin, um, I'm just gonna try to like live my life to the fullest until it happens. You know, there's nothing we can do. Or we know <laughs> what's go like we don't know what's going on, but we know what's going on. You know, and uh, there's nothing we can really do about it. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. We can resist as much as we want. I think uh, just resistance by being a normal person and and not participating in it is 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 what I'm gonna do. So, yeah, resisting is building your own like small community and and you know knowing someone who who's a butcher, someone who's into gardening, knowing someone who knows how to actually make something with their hands, so you don't have to re rely on some manufacturer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. 
and we can all figure i mean i figured out how to do everything out here on my own and watching youtube and stuff like that we can all figure it out like that's the uh, there's mm -hmm. so many people have a block that that they can't do things and we all can we're all like Yeah. so much more significant and important and brilliant more than than they'll let us know and uh But that's I've been discovering how difficult it is to build a community who are all on the same page. Like, you know, I, it, it's very difficult to get three people to have a ham radio where we were all on the same frequency. <laughs> so yeah if the grid goes down and we can't, we don't have cell phones anymore, or if we don't want to be tracked, um, you know, I can't even get three people to like agree on us on a damn frequency. yeah well keep trying mikey um we've had you for an hour and a half we'll uh respect the time and and get you out of here man but we really uh really appreciate it we'll, we should get you back on to do with um with my other co-host and we'll do a whole uh earth shape episode and maybe get get a bunch of people on to do it Yeah, i mean that's definitely a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah deborah's i i make fun of her and say that deborah's a flat earther i think she dude we had like we got we had david weiss on it was like our 17th episode or something like that when Yeah. he was doing his little press tour like a year and a half ago and uh trying to trying to sell his uh flat earth app which is a great app I don't like it when people like say like, Oh, he just goes on shows and tries to sell his app. This dude, his app is $3. You know, it's Yeah, like, who, yeah, who yeah. cares that he's trying to sell something like we're all, I'm trying to sell t-shirts and get people to give me money for value for value, you know? Um, but he gifted Deborah that app and uh, it sends you like a video every day, you Every know? day. And she had to Yep. stop watching because it was starting to make too much sense. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I I love this this logo right here because this Yeah, the, was the actually UN published. the UN logo. Yeah, it it was published in uh, the National Geographic in 1961, the September issue, and for up until NASA was created in 1958, everybody knew that the Earth was flat. I mean, there was a growing debate that had been going on for about a hundred years, and it wasn't until the public education system taken over, taken the the education system away from the Catholic Church, that they were able to change the curriculum. It's funny And so because in 1958, I think that's probably when would have been when Deborah was in kindergarten. it was, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was you're the, absolutely. you're the first generation of globe earthers, Deborah. So up until then, I mean, there was hardly any debate at all. It was just everybody knew that was the world is flat, but when they sent people into the moon, I mean, it, it changed the, the, the entire perspective of the world. And like, they were pushing science fiction like crazy. Yeah. And so it was hard to, to, to deny it anymore because the group think was expanding and everybody was like fantasizing about space. I mean, I was one of those people. I love space. I was a big, huge NASA fan. And, you know, it, it took a long time for me to realize like, oh shit, we have been lied to. And like, all of this is fake and it's all a money grab. It's all about mind control. It's about making the world so expansive and so huge that, you know, that God couldn't possibly exist, Yeah. you know? So, Yeah. but that's a whole other Well, discussion. yeah. Um, tell everybody about <laughs> uh, KGUP. uh, you, you can find most of my listeners, they, they kind of listen to the podcast. So you can find K, find my show on KGUP presents um, just on any platform, um, pretty much anywhere. If, if I don't, if you can't find me on your platform, just, you know, message me at uh, 
www.kgup1065.com or you can message me on Instagram. Like I don't post a lot because I hate social media, but I'm there. I, I like everybody's like conspiracy stuff and um, I support all the podcasters. I mean, on, on my website, I have all the, the podcasts that, that I love and support and listen to on a, on a daily basis. I, I love listening to audio podcasts. I don't have to watch anything. <laughs> yeah. I just realized I was supposed to send you a picture for your, for your uh, website. I'll, I'll send it over. Sorry. I forgot. Cool. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. We'd like to talk to you again and um, yeah, everybody go out and support uh, Mikey and the show and, and, and um, yeah. Thanks for everything, yeah. man. It's all it was great meeting you both. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk thank soon, bro. You. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.